0: Welcome to another inspirational message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the Word. Can you think of one thing that that uh, you're really happy with one thing that you're appreciate one thing that you're glad about one thing that is better because you are serving Jesus can you think of one thing that God has done one good thing it's better that you chose Jesus it's better that you serve Jesus it's better that you that you uh, were born again it's better that you said yes to salvation, that you said no to sin, that you said yes to serving Christ. Can you think of uh, a one thing that has worked, one thing that you're, that, 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 that has been a blessing? I mean, you know, family gotten saved, uh, lives changed. Uh, you know, people listening to the message. You know, just just being in church is a blessing. Yeah, And so, you know, yeah, come on, give, give the Lord a, 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 an offering of praise and thanksgiving. Because I know that something happened in my life many years ago. And if it, it, if it had not, I know my life would not be the testimony. I, I'd not be able to, to tell the testimony. You know, and every testimony begins as a test. You all know that, right? And every test that you are in has the potential to be a testimony. You may have to live through some things to get to some of the hopes and the dreams and, the, and you know, the, some of the desires that you have. You may have to go through some things to get to some things. You know, not, not every time we choose to do what's right, not, not, not every time that we choose to follow Jesus does it automatically make it easy. Faith makes things possible. It does not make things easy. And sometimes, in fact, the moment we are going through, sometimes that moment seems as though that, that, that it's just not working out. There's nothing in our moment that we can really zero in on or, you know, that, 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 that we're really happy about. And it looks like, my goodness, we're kind of in a, in a valley of life or in a valley of a moment or down in a hole somewhere. Like David said, you know, the, he said, the Lord uh, picked me up out of the miry clay He pulled me up out of a deep pit, he said, out of the miry clay. He put my feet upon a rock and he put a new song in my heart. But let me tell you, first, David was in the pit. (laughs) Yeah, he brought him up out of the pit, but first he was in the pit. I don't know how long he stayed in that miry clay, but the testimony that he brought me up and took my feet out of miry clay only leads me to realize that David had been in a bad situation. And when he was in that situation, it was not something that he enjoyed, it was something that he endured. In fact, the Bible says that Jesus, whenever he was facing the cross, was not something that he enjoyed. The Bible says he endured, you know, he endured the moment, you know, for, for the joy that would come afterwards is what Hebrews said, that he knew he was destined for something. He knew he was on his way to Jesus himself, knew he was on his way to something, but he despised, the Bible says, he despised the shame that everyone else was looking at him with. He despised the fact that he had to go through this in order to get to something that he deemed worth it worthy of his blood worthy of his life worthy of his sweat worthy of his tears worthy of his separation he had to go through it to get to it and and many times in life we have to go through something to get to something and when we are in the middle of it it can seem mighty mighty dark and and you know the bible says in the book of revelation that god will dry every tear you know what that says to me I, I don't just look at that and say oh glory to God I'm, I'm happy about it but it says that I'm going to have some tears. It says that I'm going to have some tears that need to be dried and most likely the tears that I will have that need to be dried are tears of what I could have done Whatever I see who did and who didn't get there. What I could have done instead of perhaps you know doing what I did do or not doing what I could have done. So anyway Uh, The only thing that I wanted to leave you with there is the fact that, you know, sometimes you do have to go through something, get to something. And when the Bible tells us a story about, you know, Daniel being saved from the lion's den, we need to just back up a little bit and realize that Daniel first was put in the lion's den. Yes, he was saved, but first he was dropped in there. And he was 82 years old when he was dropped in there, by the way. He wasn't just a, yeah, wasn't just a little boy. He wasn't just a young man. He was 82 years old when he was dropped into that lion's den, and I know that's a different picture for us, but that's the reality of it. And uh, uh, and so the uh, the fact of the matter was is that he did get delivered out, but he had to be dropped in first. You know, Jesus did endure the cross for the joy that was set before him. He saved humanity from sin, but it also he also went through, you know, the cross and the beating. So. Uh, tonight we're going to be talking a little bit about the grace of christmas the grace of christmas what in the world is grace well grace means unmerited favor grace means an ability that god gives to you or a favor that he bestows upon you that you don't deserve the grace of christmas something you get that you don't deserve if you deserve it it's more like a reward if you deserve it, it's more like wages. If you work somewhere and you know, for, for 10 hours and, 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 they pay you $15 an hour, then that 150 bucks is yours. You deserve it. You know, and, and if you don't give it to me, I have a right to complain, but if you don't work, not one single minute and somebody comes up to give you 150 bucks, that's a grace. It's, it's undeserved, unearned. In fact, Christmas, the, the message of Christmas, is the message of grace because not one of us deserved it. The Christmas message is a message of grace because it was a choice. It was not a demand and it was not a reward. It was a choice. God simply made a choice. and At, uh, at, at some point, uh, we have to realize that God loved us when we were unlovable. He loved mankind whenever he knew what was going to be happening in the world today. He loved us anyway. He loved us before the foundation of the world. And the Bible says that he in his own mind had already crucified Christ before the world ever began. He knew the price it would pay for him to have children. He knew the price it would pay for him to have a family. Not only would he create mankind, but he would also have to redeem mankind. While you make your way to the book of First Peter... Uh, chapter 1 let me fill us in a little bit on on uh, on the setting here Uh, it was some point in about 61 62 maybe 64 AD and Peter the apostle Peter you know Peter had followed Jesus for three and a half years and then all of a sudden it became his turn to run with the ball if you would jesus was crucified put into a tomb resurrected and then he ascended into heaven and when he ascended into heaven it became the responsibility of peter and james and john and all the disciples all those apostles it became their responsibility then to take this message of the gospel to the world and so along about 62 63 64 somewhere in there perhaps the apostle peter traveled to babylon Y'all remember Babylon? Babylon is uh, was was that the city on the Euphrates and you know it had figured into Israel's history so much in that people had been taken from Jerusalem captive and taken back as slaves to Babylon and then released you know by by a king named Cyrus and then and uh, you know and not everyone who had been taken to Babylon came back home some of them stayed there and stayed in their captivity some of them decided they just like living there they like living in the big city they like that culture that custom and so they remained there and they did not go back with Ezra and so no no doubt there were quite a number of Jews and quite a number of those Jews who had married into the, the, the the surrounding culture and of course Jesus would care about them god would care about them because the message of the gospel was first to the jews and so here we find peter traveling to babylon at some point later in his life and uh, no doubt again to carry the gospel to the jews who lived there and whose ancestors had, had had been taken there and uh, it seems only reasonable that God would want them to know that Messiah had come. It was a message first to them. And so the apostle Peter became that apostle to the Jews who were in those outlying areas. And it was from Babylon that, that Peter writes the book of 1 Peter. It's from that world in which he had seen so much going on, so powerful, so prominent, and uh, he received inspiration from the Holy Spirit to write a letter to God's chosen people uh, who were living, as he said, you are living as foreigners. I'm going to write a letter from Babylon, and I'm going to write this letter back to people who are living in in the country that we now know as Turkey, in the nation we now know as Turkey. It was regions and provinces of Galatia and and Pontus and Cappadocia, those areas. And he decided, I'm going to write to these people because they are foreigners living in a in a in a place, living in provinces that 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 are foreign to them. And they're foreign to it. And Peter had his own definition of what a foreigner really means in fact in first peter the first chapter he he tells us in verse 17 he says uh, remember that your heavenly father to whom you pray has no favorites he will judge or reward you according to what you do so you must live in reverent fear of him during your time as foreigners in the land he's not talking about a foreigner because you are not native to that area He's talking about you being a foreigner in this world because you are a citizen of heaven. He's writing here to people who have embraced Jesus as Messiah. And the moment that you do that, you are born again. Your citizenship becomes, you, you become a citizen of heaven. And when that happens, you become a stranger living in the world, but not of the world. You become an alien, the Bible also calls you, and you become a foreigner in this world. Have you ever wondered why you are having a little more difficult time as a born-again believer, uh, processing life, living life according to the standards of your life in this world? Well, a lot of it is simply because you are not of this world. You're in this world, but not of this world. And when you get born again, you literally become a foreigner, as Peter was talking about. This world is not your home. He clearly wrote his first letter to both Jews and Gentiles. And he encouraged them, number one, to recognize the grace of God in their life. I want you to recognize what God has done for you that you didn't deserve i want you to recognize that god has blessed you whenever you know you didn't earn it and you didn't deserve it that he gave his son for you anyway and that while you were yet a sinner christ died for you ah that seems interesting to me here the apostle peter is writing a letter encouraging people to recognize just how good god has been to you you know I don't know what your life would be like if God had not sent his only son. I know what your eternal life would be like. <laughs> I don't know what this life would be like, but I imagine it to be hell. I imagine it to be, you know, chaotic without hope. I imagine it would be desperate. I imagine can you imagine you at your worst? Can you imagine that being the best it ever got? You know? Can you imagine a life without hope? Can you imagine a life without hope for your children? Without help? Uh, Well, you know, he wanted them to recognize that God, in his grace and his mercy, has bestowed upon you a very special gift the gift of salvation. A very special life change, attitude change, heart change, destiny change that He has given you this freely. It's by grace. He has given you something you did not deserve, something you did not work for, and it is free to everyone who will call upon His name. What grace is this that God would include sinners like me in His plan? What grace? You know, I mean, I'm haunted at times by things that I have done in my past. How many of you have, have, have ever been haunted? Jim, I know you're haunted almost, you know. <laughs> been haunted. <laughs> I, I know Jim's passed a little bit, so. You know, how many of you have? Uh, okay, let me, let me do a parenthetical thing here real quick. Do you know why I do things like that? It's to wake you up. Some of you I just was about to lose. Yeah sometimes I clap my hands, sometimes I stomp my feet, I do funny things, but uh, uh, sometimes I'll just pick on somebody, because you, then you go, oh my goodness, he's going to say me next, I better listen, I better listen, yeah, I saw you nodding off, Brack, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, those of you at home, yeah, get that cup of coffee and come on in the back, okay, all right, well, the apostle Peter wanted people even in Babylon, people in the world, and also people who were in, in, you know, in, in mixed cultures and mixed company all throughout Turkey, the area of that now is the nation of Turkey. He wanted them to know and he, uh, that, that they had been given this great opportunity, this great gift. And even though your life might be in a pit, for the moment even though you may be in 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 a situation you'd rather not be in right now even though it may be hard or may be tough for a little while i want you to know that you have been given the greatest gift ever it's the gift of jesus christ of salvation and 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 it's by grace it's not because you deserve it it's and it's free and it will help you wherever you are whether you're on a mountain or whether you're in a valley if you're in a pit or if you're in a you know, a palace. It will help you. And not only did he want to encourage them to realize they had been given this great gift, but he wanted them to know that it came along with a responsibility, a realization that the grace of God has been, God's been good to me. and he's willing to save anyone. He's willing to save anyone. Anywhere, anytime, that's a pretty good deal. And when you are saved, it comes along with a responsibility. And that's what he's writing about in 1 Peter. It's not just this grace we have received to be saved, but it's also the grace now to to please him. He writes that, that, that we should all be thankful and we should remember to show our thankfulness by endeavoring to be less like the world and more like Jesus. He doesn't expect us to be perfect. If you could be perfect, Jesus would have died in vain. But he does expect us to pick ourselves up, brush ourselves off every time we fall, and decide that we're not going to fall in that trap again, not in that hole again. And we call upon him and he helps us, and he grows us. and'm I'm, 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 a, I'm a great testimony of the fact that you can, you know end up being a, you know a much better version of yourself because you're giving him place in your life. You know? uh, so, uh, with that in mind of what Peter is trying to attempt, let's, let's begin reading our text in 1 Peter chapter 1. We'll just read a few verses here, and I'll, I'll, I'll comment along the way for a few minutes. And, and um, uh, Verse number 1, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. This letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. That just means one that is sent. It's not some big tag you hang around somebody's neck it's not a big medal it just means someone who was sent by Jesus a messenger sent by Jesus I'm writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the provinces of Pontus Galatia Cappadocia Asia and Bithynia now all of these are provinces like uh, areas in what we now know as the modern nation of Turkey Verse 2, God the Father knew you. Boy, there's, uh, that, that would be enough for us to teach on for a long time. He knew you. You know, God knows the end from the beginning. That's, that, that is one of the things that is uh, different about Jehovah than any other, is that he knows the end from the beginning, and he doesn't mind writing down what's going to happen. You know, he wrote, he wrote about King Cyrus and told exactly what King Cyrus would do 150 years before he was born, and even called him by name and said, "He will do this, and this is how he's going to get into the city. He's the gates are going to be left open for him. He will come in. He will conquer, and then he will make a decree to rebuild the temple and the walls in uh, the, the, the temple in Jerusalem. And he'll send my people back after 70 years of captivity." God wrote that a hundred. You know, Isaiah said that 150 years before before cyrus was even born i could go on and on and on and on and on with with you know god knew you as well god knew you he didn't just know cyrus god the father knew you and chose you long ago and that's what jesus confirmed he said you didn't choose me i chose you you know we think we chose him right don't don't we think i mean I can remember whenever I, you know, uh, felt God, you know, pulling and tugging on my heart, and you know, and, and and I and I ran home and I I asked my mama about it and she told me about you know Jesus and how to be saved and I asked him into my heart and my life. You know, I, I almost would think I chose him, but nope, he chose me. You see, because you're you're, you're not going to have that door open. Uh, you know, he opened the door. It's not about what you do. It's about what he did. He did it. It's all about him. And he just gave me a chance. He gave me an opportunity. He made me aware of how much he loved me. And that, that pulled my heart into his, in, into his uh, 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 heart and his will for my life. And, you know, he, he, he knew you and chose you long ago. And his spirit has made you holy. Boy, that was a, that was a big thing for some of you. That, but, boom, you're made holy. He didn't say that I made myself holy. He said, the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, actually sanctified. There's a a good religious word. Sanctified me. Cleansed me. That's what John 17, 17 says. Uh, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. When you receive the word of God in Jesus Christ, it doesn't, you're you're born again. Old things pass away and all things become new, and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself. Boom. That, that, that Holy Spirit made me holy, made you holy, made you acceptable to God, made you right with God. You are made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You were made righteous through the blood of Jesus. Jesus took your place, you took his That's what the Bible says. It's not of our own righteousness. There's nothing we did. We are not saved by our works nor by our righteousness, but we are made righteous. We have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When you step into Jesus, you're clothed with him and you are clothed with a robe of righteousness, Isaiah says. And that robe of righteousness makes me right with God, makes me holy. You know, now, now I should do holy things because I am holy. But you don't do holy things to become holy. You step into Christ to become holy. You receive the Holy Spirit. You receive Jesus into your life to become holy. You know, to become sanctified, to become accepted. I cannot be accepted into heaven because I did something good. I'm accepted into heaven because Jesus paid the price and I stepped into Him and I am in Him. I am in Christ because I have received Him and asked Him to come into my heart and my life. By faith I have been saved because of the grace of God. Not because I earned it, not because I deserved it, not because I bought it, not because I did good things. You know, and, and, and that's great. Because, you know, I, 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 don't get out, I don't get kicked out because I do bad things either. That's a pretty good deal. You see, he made you holy. He knew you before you were formed. That's what Jeremiah says, before you were formed in the belly, God knew you. And he had already sanctified you Is because he knew you and he was calling you to himself and once you say yes to that calling and invite him into your heart boom i i don't know how to explain it. i wish i could explain it i have seen it so many 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 times i've seen it happen i've seen it happen to the hardest to the meanest to the most you know undeserving sinners men and women mean women you know <laughs> Come on now, I've seen it happen to, 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 I've seen it happen to good people. I've seen lives change, hearts change. Just uh, this, this is a reality that He knew us, He chose us and He made us holy. As a result, you have obeyed him. You obey him as a result of that. Not I'm going to try to get good enough to get saved, you know? You don't clean a fish before you catch him. Okay? As a result, you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. That's exactly what we need, isn't it? More and more of God's grace and peace. Verse 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again. <laughs> Whoa, isn't that true? Oh, Chris, it's by his mercy, okay? Yeah. I went on a couple of trips with Chris before he decided he was going to get right with God and give his life to God. It's by his mercy, Chris. Yeah. Ooh. By his mercy. By his mercy. I mean, merciful. Oh, God is so merciful. He is not going to give you what you deserve. That's how merciful he is. He's going to give us what Jesus paid for that's how good he is why because he's not about to let the blood of jesus go wasted because you pull some stupid stunt okay you can't snatch yourself out of his hand nobody else can well we read that sunday didn't we uh because god raised jesus from the dead uh it's his great mercy he paid for it because he raised jesus from the dead uh Now we live with great expectation. Now, this is how we ought to live. We should live with a very high expectation. And we have a priceless inheritance. You know, I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Even if right now, as I said, that you are you are seemingly on the downside of life and and things, you know, you're working through things, you're going through something realize you're not just going through something you're going to something and when you can get your eyes on what you're going through and begin to live with a great expectation wouldn't it be horrible to wake up in the morning and have no hope wouldn't it be horrible to not be able to dream of a better day wouldn't it be horrible to think that this is as good as it ever gets this is not his hope for us his hope for us is that we would because because we have received this great gift that we didn't deserve that we can't earn and we can't do anything bad enough to have it taken away because we have received this by grace and not by works, we should live with a great expectation and understand that we have a priceless inheritance. We are an heir of God, a joint heir with Jesus Christ. An inheritance that is kept in heaven for me. He's holding on to it. Why? Because I'd mess it up right here if he gave it to me. Hello? If he gave, right now, if he gave me eternal life, (laughs) right now, and I live like this forever, I'm telling you, I'd mess it up. It's being kept in. He's holding on to it for me. He's holding on to it for you because he knows you. There's a lot of things God has for you that he's holding on to right now for you. He's keeping it for you in heaven pure and undefiled why because you would <laughs> defile it come on now that's that's this world we live in we're foreigners we're strangers here this is the world god uh, god is not it is it, not saving this system okay uh, uh you know let me be the first to tell you that a politician ain't going to help you get saved it ain't going to be because you're a republican or a democrat it ain't going to be because you know you're you're uh, you know Um, rich or poor it's by the grace of God on everyone because he chose us before the foundation of the world and he made us holy it is him our inheritance is in him and he's holding on to our inheritance pure and undefiled uh, beyond the reach of change and decay nobody's going to vote me out of heaven okay it's not going to get worse before I get a hold of it it's not going to rot things in this world you know, get worse, but my inheritance is out of this world. A priceless inheritance. Verse 5 And through your faith, God is protecting you. Not only is He holding on to the really, really good stuff for you, the eternal stuff, okay? No more sickness, no more pain, no more worry, no more fear. He's holding. He's 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 got that right over here. But he's also watching out after you because you are in a place. You are in a shark tank. He's also watching out after you, and taking care of you, and uh, he's protecting you by his power until you receive this full salvation this whole salvation this sozo which is ready to be revealed on the last day for everybody to see everybody's going to see it it's just ready in that last day to be revealed. And all of a sudden you'll see, you go, wow, my goodness, look at that. I've got, a, I've got a new body, a new life. I've got a new thought pattern. I've got I'm, I'm I'm clear. I'm clean. I'm I'm a whole. I'm holy. I'm 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 welcome. I'm accepted. I'm joyful. I'm peaceful. I'm you know he's holding on to all of this stuff that Jesus paid for for me. It's a priceless inheritance for me. And and the apostle Peter wants me to recognize what gift I have been given what amazing grace I have been given wow this has changed my eternity and also the responsibility that comes along with having received such a wonderful gift that he's holding on to so I won't mess up and this world won't mess it up so it won't decay so it won't atrophy and so it won't you know so, so, so it won't change nobody can change it verse 6 so be truly glad you know you could just stop right there and say, yeah, all right, that's enough to be happy about. If you just keep your mind focused on that, if you could just realize, if you believed those five verses that we just read, you'd be happy the rest of your life. Oh, sure, sad things would happen, but you go, okay, close my eyes. Okay, let me find my happy place. Oh, God's holding on to my happy place. I can go through this. That's what Jesus said. I can endure the cross Because there's something on the other side of the cross. That's what the book of Hebrews says. He endured the cross. He despised the shame. He, He really despised having to go through this world like this. But he endured it for the joy. Because of the reality that he knew. That he saw. Be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you have to endure many trials for a little while. Okay, even though you got to go through some hardships and trials for a little while, because I'm going to tell you the truth. You're going to go through hardships and trials with or without Jesus. You may as well go through them with Him. It's not like you can quit, not like you can say, nope, not going through it with you, Jesus, and then you're never bothered again. It's not the way it works. You know, you're going to run the race. You, you get to decide whether you get the prize or not. But you're going to run. You're going to work. You're going to hurt. You're going to have temptations and testing and trials and tribulations. In this world, Jesus says, you will have tribulation. He said, but you need to be joyful and rejoice because tribulation is not the last word. Tribulation works patience. Let patience have her perfect work so you may be perfect and entire. If you're going through something at the moment, then realize that you need to just go through it and not get stuck in it. Even though you have to endure many trials for a little while, there is wonderful joy ahead. So be truly glad. Let's look down at verse 18. Uh, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. (laughs) Boy, I love the way that reads. Let me do that one more time. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. Yeah. The only thing my mom and dad could pass on to me was the life that they had. I had to receive eternal life like everyone does for myself. I had to receive Jesus. You have to receive Jesus for yourself. You, you don't go to heaven because mom and dad did. My mom and dad are in heaven, but I had to choose heaven for myself. They had to choose for their selves, themselves. And verse 19, uh, well, let's finish 18 one more time. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. Verse 23, for you have been born again, not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. My goodness. You know, Peter really knew how to write that stuff, didn't he? Think about, he's letting us know that because we have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, we have... Been born again, but not to a life that's going to end like this life. This life is going to end quickly. It's but a vapor. But rather, we have been born again to an eternal life. Because we've been born again by the Word of God. Wow. There's no greater love and there's no greater Christmas story than the story of the grace of God. There's no greater story and no greater picture of Christmas than God sending His Son. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is the truth. It has worked for everyone that has called upon His name. He saves us, gives us an eternal inheritance. He watches over us, protects us, and holds on to our inheritance to keep it pure and undefiled, waiting for us to receive the fullness of our salvation in the last day when His plan is revealed because He has paid a great ransom for us. He has paid the price of His own Son. That blood has saved us. Let me ask you, have you been saved by God's grace? Have you been saved by grace? Not by works. It's not what you do. It's what he did. How in the world do you get saved? You get saved by simply calling upon the name of the Lord once you recognize that you have been given an opportunity to receive this free gift, once you realize and recognize that this gift of God is free, it's something that happens in here. I, I, can't, you know, I can't tell you, uh, you know, I can't take it out and explain it to you. I, I can tell you that I love my daughter April. I can tell you it's so real to me. I can tell you I feel it. I know it. I cannot prove it. By taking it out and showing it to you. But I know when I saw her. I know the moment I saw her. I fell in love with her. It's real. It's real. And because of that great love. I have also embraced a responsibility. That I am going to act in a way that she feels loved. I'm going to do some things just for her. Things that might be hard on me. Things I might not prefer. But I'm going to do because I love her. That's what God did for you. Her proper response to that is to also recognize... That because I have loved her and given my life for her. That she should treat me with that respect. But all I did was give her life. God gave me eternal life. Have you been born again? Have you been saved? Have you recognized that you need a savior that that he loves you and this gift is free you recognize once you do then turn your life over to him all you do is say here i am it's as simple as that there's nothing more you can do there's nothing you can do but say jesus come into my heart be my lord be my savior forgive me of my sins that's all you can do have you been saved well are you thankful What is your responsibility in appreciation of that gift? Are you thankful? Decide tonight how you're going to show God. How will you show God and others that you are thankful for the gift of salvation? Thanks again for joining us for another encouraging word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.